Welcome to the Media Navigators podcast brought to you by the World Media Group. My name is Belinda Barker and I'm the Chief Executive. Earlier this year, we conducted a survey among marketeers about the key trends that they expected across the industry. And audio and podcasting came up as the number one trend expected for growth in the next 18 months. In recent weeks, there have been a number of announcements made by both Apple and Facebook indicating that Silicon Valley are sitting up and paying attention to the phenomena. Many of the members of the World Media Group have been extremely successful with their own podcasts. For example, The Daily by uh, the New York Times, which is currently number two in the podcasting audiences in the US. Now, the Media Navigators podcast is not designed for mass market. We are unashamedly niche and designed to illuminate key media innovations for marketeers, but do please subscribe and share with your colleagues. So today we're gonna be talking about the phenomena of podcasting with Steve Ackerman. Steve is the Chief Content Officer at Something Else. Steve has also been, in the past, one of our esteemed judges for the World Media Awards, and I believe at one time was, in fact, a radio presenter. Uh, So welcome, Steve. How are you this morning? I'm very well. Thank you, Belinda. Um, Steve, would you mind, just for the benefit of the audience, just telling us very quickly, what is something else? So something else is... Uh, Europe's largest independent audio producer. Uh, we've got a 30-year heritage, uh, so we've been going for a long time in, uh, in in making audio. And obviously, originally, that was doing radio shows uh, and more recently, clearly, doing podcasting. We also have a social media studio and a TV studio as well. So we also do other forms of content as well. But the audio bit is our oldest and, and biggest bit. And as you've rightly said in your intro, particularly with where podcasting is going now, is our, is our fastest growing uh, bit of the business as well. So uh, the audience is... Everything about podcasting is growing at, at a phenomenal rate. Um, I believe w- when we were talking earlier, you mentioned that now 50% of US households are on, on a regular basis listening to, to uh, podcasts. Um, how is that uh, being experienced in other parts of, of the world? Well, really, what you see is um, the audience growth is very aggressive. And you certainly see that in the UK, um, where every demographic is growing very significantly year on year, even allowing for the past year with the pandemic. And you see that in pretty much every major market to varying degrees. So in other words, there's huge growth going on. Uh, that's why you're obviously seeing huge investment going on as well from you know, major organisations. But it's 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 very very aggressive. Um, you know, most demographic groups something like ten to twenty percent uh, growth year on year. So there is um, a degree, uh, uh, a sense of um, the whole podcasting being somewhat wild west. Um, it is to some degree. Uh, one of the cheaper, low-cost entry for for a creator to get into. But 
Um, does that make it right to enter? And how do marketers start to get bigger audiences through this medium? Well, it's definitely true about the Wild West element to the degree that there's a huge amount of investment going on. A lot of companies being bought up, a lot of uh, new entrants into the market. Uh, you know, America in particular has seen a lot of activity taking place in terms of uh, producers, you know, production companies being bought or big entertainment groups starting to um, invest. And that's partly driven by the fact, kind of what we were saying previously, you know, you can see the audience growth, you can see where the medium's going. Um, and therefore, there's a strong desire, I think, from a lot of people to make sure they're in at the start, maybe in a way that when there's been previous uh you know, previous sort of significant shifts in the way people consume content. Maybe previously some historical entertainment companies or big businesses have missed out on some of those opportunities. Um, you know, when you think perhaps what happened with the music industry 20 years ago or or, or what's happened with um, on-demand TV and, and, and the rise of the SVODs, um, you know, traditional TV businesses were a bit slow initially. So I think what you see with podcasting is the sort of opposite happening, of you know, real keenness for, uh, lots of companies to embrace that and therefore really significant investment. You know, in terms of um, organisations looking to to sort of get in at this point, um, I think even though, even though in theory there's a low barrier to entry in the sense of obviously audio is a lot cheaper to make than anything you're making for the screen, we're already at the point where programme making is at a very sophisticated level. And you can see that from the top shows that get, consumed uh you know these are well-made well-constructed programs that on the whole normally have fairly significant teams behind them and certainly have good investment going in and that's as true for a weekly uh, you know chat show uh uh, or a daily news show as it is for a, a high-end um narrative series that you know an eight ten part narrative series so the so the investment required is significant and that's because obviously it's so competitive there are so many uh, people competing for ears that you now need to ensure if you want to really be in this market you've got to ensure you are willing to you are willing to invest to a significant degree um you mentioned um about how some podcast series are, are now actually being picked up by the the tv and the film creative studios um in the u.s um what examples have the the been of that well, there's been a lot of examples now. So um, you can point to um, shows like uh, Dr. Death or Homecoming, um, uh, Dirty John. These are all series that have ended up in places like Amazon or Netflix um, that started life as as a podcast series. Um, and I had no idea. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, really the sort of interesting thing about all of this is it's the first time in the audio industry the IPs had a value and that being able to, if you come up with an idea, you could, you know, it has a value beyond the original podcast. And so that's driven a really significant market. And it has meant that for the first time, TV and movie producers in the way that they always would look at books or magazines or newspaper articles as a place to go and option ideas from, they're now looking to podcasts to do the same. And the thing that TV and movie producers like about podcasts, as opposed to newspapers or books is that the story has already been constructed in a in a broadcast form and in a narrative form and so and so a lot of the groundwork has been done in terms of how you can tell a story to 
an audience. And so it's definitely something we're seeing as part of our model. We have a number of ideas that are, you know, sort of uh, making their way along the conveyor belt, if you like. You know, we have a, an agent who represents us in the States selling our ideas. And uh, it's definitely, I think, a key it's becoming a very key element of the industry at the top end, you know, at the end, the very professionalized end where you've got serious producers creating shows. It's a, it's an important part of the model. So, okay. If we assume that we've got some brilliant content, brilliant podcast, um, how, how do you get your audience? you can't presumably just it's not all going to find you instantly no the we definitely i think past the sort of first wave of podcasting where some of the early entrants were able to pick up really significant audiences and many of those shows have kept those audiences because obviously the loyalty has been built up it's it's super super competitive uh these you know certainly in 2021 the numbers that constitute a hit, as in the number of, of listens that constitute a hit, are lower than they would have been three, four, five years ago because there's so many more shows out there. There's so much more content out, out there. And uh, really central around trying to create a show that's a hit is thinking about um, how that show gets marketed and publicised. It, it, it's not really possible, I don't think, or, or, or certainly unless you're very lucky, it's not really possible to launch a show and just hope that people are going to discover it and that you're going to have enough people to discover it, that that's going to create a hit for you. You know, I think for a serious producer, you do need to be thinking about the PR and marketing and some of that will be paid spend as well as just organic um, activity that needs to take place around the podcast to let listeners know. And obviously for someone like us who have a network of shows, um, you know, we have the advantage of being able to cross promote from one show to, to another. And that's, that's quite a key part of our, of our model um and we're and we're within we're uh, you know we have a jv with sony so we're within the sony family and and so we benefit from that to a wider extent as well from other sony shows as well so if you from a, a marketeer's point of view who's never done never been in the audio space at all you know there, there are two approaches they can take one is placing spots within you know, top selling shows in just in the same way as you would do on on a, a TV broadcast, uh, and then uh, create in your own podcast. Um, I guess it would be interesting to know what when when you would advise one one approach versus the other, and then also um, how is it me- uh, the, the advertising perspective how is it measured or, or monitored at, at at the moment you know if i'm if i've got a spot on tv i know i know how that's going to be measured and delivered if i've got um you, you know banners or uh digitally that's that's measured and what what is the how is it done for podcasting well the measurement is in impressions is in listens so uh, it, it, you know to the exact listen we can show how many people uh, have listened to the show that you know your uh, host read or um, advertisement is on, um, and that's in effect the metric that's that's being bought on a CPM basis. So exactly the same as radio or TV advertising. You know, there's a, a CPM and and you pay that according to how many people you're going to 
you're going to hit. Um, in terms of your your sort of first question about when to decide whether it, whether you take more of a you know a paid advertising route or whether you take a route where you're creating your own content, I think that very much depends on. Uh, from a marketing perspective, what's you know what what the the brand is looking to achieve? I mean, clearly, creating your own content can create a much deeper level of engagement. The flip side is that needs to be done to a really high standard because, from a listener's perspective, whether you're a brand creating a show or whether you're someone like us creating a show, it's just a show, right? You're still competing for the same ears. And when you're a marketeer creating a show, you are competing against the best producers in the world. And so you've got to ensure that your production is right up there with the best producers in the world. And I think what you often see is an, is an assumption that because the cost of entry is quite low, that, oh, yeah, we'll just get our chief exec to host a few interviews and that'll work. And, and uh, you know, I, we've seen this so many times where, frankly, we get briefs coming to us and it is that, it, 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 you know, it, the brand is sort of saying, oh, yeah, we've got this great guy in the office who sort of, you know, w- you know we think would be a great host. And we just say, look, that's not a project we can do because we just don't think it's going to work. Um, you know, if you want, you know, you wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't get some bloke in the office to go and paint your billboard for you. Um, or to pick up his phone and make a TV ad for you. So why do you think that's going to work in the audio space? You know, you know, if you're going to engage people, do it properly and actually treat the audience with a bit of respect, rather than thinking that that you can just knock out something cheap and 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 they're gonna and they're gonna go for it. Mm. Um, you did we talked earlier? And I'm sorry, kind of slightly jumping back on the um, the demographic of of the audiences. Um, is that in, how is that changing and is that measurable in any way? Because obviously it, it, podcasting started as, as more of a, a, a youth trend, not sure that's quite the right term, but you know what I mean. And, and even, you know, people as old as I am are now listening to podcasts. How, how is that going and, and how are you able to, to target against audiences? So actually, it didn't, it didn't necessarily start as a youth trend. It started more in that middle group of sort of 25 to 45-year-olds, uh, sort of affluent, um, ABC1 types. I mean, that's, that's, that, that was the initial reason why Apple became such a central place, uh, because initially there was a very, um, there was a disproportionate uh, amount of, you know, if you were an Apple o- uh, uh, device owner, you were more likely to be a podcast listener originally than if you were an Android owner. It's not, it's not so, so true now. But, uh, but then what we saw sort of three, four, five years ago was, uh, the, was, was the younger demographic really started to grow significantly. And then obviously uh, in, in more recent years, what's come on board is the older demographic. And, it, and, and it's interesting because it really does mirror to some degree the sort of pattern of behavior we saw with the growth of the SVODs, um, where obviously the older demographic are the last to sort of get their heads around what it means to use Netflix or Amazon. But once they do, they really do. And you see the same pattern of behavior in terms of audio. So once, once listeners embrace the on-demand habit, they really embrace it. They become quite voracious in their listening. And certainly if you become a weekly podcast listener, in the UK, you're probably listening to at least five or six podcasts a week. In the US, it's slightly higher because um, commute times and travel times are obviously longer. Um, and so, you know, you become quite a voracious consumer. I, 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 and so that's, that's what's driving that um, that that sort of growth to quite a significant degree in terms of um, targeting. So we are able to see 
um, the demographics to some degree of who listens to our shows, depending on which platform they're listening. And so there is some information, therefore, that can obviously be shared with advertisers, both from a, um, a, a, a male-female perspective and also an age demographic perspective, and especially a location perspective where we can be really, really specific. So, you know, we know to the exact town where where people are listening uh, in terms of in terms of uh, each of our shows. Okay, interesting. And over the next 12 months, um, putting your kind of crystal ball out, how do you see it, it continuing to grow? Where do you see the changes happening? Well, I think the, uh, the, the, there's always been a common line talked about in the UK, about the UK being two to three years behind the States in terms of the podcast industry. And I, and I think that's probably right. And so we're just starting to see a tipping point now where more significant investment is coming into the UK industry. There's more startups, you know, more startup producers coming in. I think organizations such as um, established media organizations are now really embracing podcasting and making sure they get proper teams in place and sort of are investing in the infrastructure that they need. And so I think we'll continue to see an acceleration of that, but also we'll start to see... I think more of the the bigger media and uh, and entertainment beasts in the UK uh, getting involved in podcasting in exactly the same way as we've seen in the states with big TV producers and big news organisations like the New York Times. We do have it to a degree here. Obviously, the Guardian have invested fairly significantly. Um, news UK have invested um, fairly significantly, but we haven't seen a huge amount of companies in the TV space yet investing there are a few Fremantle are definitely one of those um so I think we'll start to see uh a, a lot a lot more of that are media agencies getting into buying um on behalf of their clients uh or are, are they even recommending um advertising in the audio space yeah, very much depends agency to agency, which is, I guess, kind of what you'd expect. That's sort of a truism, isn't it? You get some some media agencies who absolutely get this and are and are spending, uh, and also are looking at either funding shows on behalf of their clients or or obviously are, 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 are taking briefs from clients more with a marketing objective. So, for instance. Um, Dentsu have StoryLab and StoryLab have been funding original productions, you know, nothing to do with brand clients. They've been funding productions back to that IP model that, that you know, shows yeah. that can then be sold into IP. You know, we've seen plenty of brands very keen to create their own shows. I mean, we're l- lucky enough to have uh, to, to sort of done some of those productions with people like um, Chanel or LucasAid or Red Bull. Um, these are all brands who've invested sort of fairly significant amounts into making really good sounding shows. And we do see, yes, media agencies investing on the advertising side. Obviously, the shows we create ourselves, that's how they're funded. They're funded by advertising. And so we do see um, lots of media agencies taking that up. I think there are still plenty of media agencies who don't quite get it still or haven't quite embraced it. Um, but that's to be expected on, I guess, what is a fairly new medium still. Yeah. And are there signs of the being uh, either, uh, I don't know, developing your own regulatory body or IPA or IAB or one of the myriad of other regulatory bodies um, 
uh, taking an interest in this area? Well, the well, the the IAB already does. Um, so they uh, well they take an interest in the area in the sense of they're already running a few times a year uh, upfronts around podcasts where podcast producers can obviously showcase the shows they've got coming up to the advertising community or, or to the agency um, community. I mean, in terms of regulation, the the in a way the joy about podcasting is it's obviously considered as the internet, so it falls outside of Ofcom. Uh, obviously, you, obviously, you have to follow the the, the sort of legal. You know, you know, you know the laws of the land, um, but in that sense, there's much greater creative freedom than if necessarily you were making a show that would sit on, you know, commercial radio or on the BBC, um, and uh, and you know, pretty similar from an advertising perspective. Obviously, you know, a need to follow the laws of the land, um, but I'm not sure at the moment there seems much indication that there's a necessarily a need to sort of create much more than is already um, in existence. I just wondered, I, I guess, whether more more marketeers would would trust, you know, feel feel inclined to to, to be putting more of their budgets in, into audio if the, if they felt it was a more regulated market. But but I think at the moment, it it, it certainly, if our survey um, of marketeers was true, they they all appear to want to to be investing. So clearly, I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, I think, look, I mean, one of the drivers around that, it, it, I mean, I was, um, you know, I, 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 as someone who's been an audio veteran for many, many years, I used to get very, very fr- frustrated that sort of radio wasn't quite embraced in the way, you know, I thought it I thought it should be. And part of the driver I always thought for some of that was that, um, frankly, you had a lot of uh, folks in media agencies who weren't necessarily listeners to commercial radio, understandably. They were, they were listening to BBC radio stations or not listening at all, listening to their own stuff. And w- what you see with podcasting is, part of the reason people get it is because they're consumers as well. You know, we all know that, you know, if senior marketeers at top places are listening to podcasts and saying, oh, I'd like to be involved in that space. And the same with folks at media agencies. So it's something that's sort of penetrated on every level and that helps in the cell. It basically helps people to understand the medium and to get it. Um, You mentioned, um, well, we talked earlier, um, about subscription models and how that was going to um, have an impact. Could you just elucidate a little bit on that, how that's going to change things over the next 12 months? Yeah, so Apple have just announced the the launch of Apple Podcast subscriptions, and we're very lucky to be, um, to be someone who's sort of collaborating from the start on that. And what that means is, any podcast can have the ability to still do as it does now to be available freely on every platform, but it can also have the ability on Apple uh, to offer a subscription route. So what that would mean in for certainly for the podcasts we release, you know, that are going out to the public, it gives us the option, for instance, to say to listeners, if you'd like to listen to this podcast ad free, uh, or if you'd like to hear exclusive extra content, or if you'd like to potentially, it could be things like, if you want to be the first to hear the new season, um, subscribe. And those will probably be payments of somewhere like $2.99, $3.99 a month, some, something in that in that sort of region. And really, in effect, it starts to move podcasting much more to a freemium model, where obviously the majority of people will continue to receive their podcasts for free. And those podcasts will be funded through advertising, but there'll be a small group who will want to pay 
because they're part they feel part of that community or because they feel very engaged with that podcast and um in effect that opens up a very potentially new significant revenue stream for podcasting and you know the 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 challenge for podcasting as a as a new content medium has been that it's only the top few percent of podcasts that have been able to make money and so that obviously that idea that you, that it throws open a potential new revenue stream and particularly if you have a very sort of loyal dedicated listener base it, you know it also works the other way it means if you, if you're a very small niche podcast but you've got a very small small engaged base that might generate enough money for you to to do your podcast maybe even without necessarily going down an advertising route so it's it's you know it's a really interesting move spotify are also going to be doing the same thing and frankly between apple and spotify they are the two big players in terms of listens so so getting those guys on board for that is, is really important but you can see not just the the um, entertainment shows, but I could see why kind of like uh, the member brands of the World Media Group, the likes of the the Financial Times, New York Times, whatever, that they would be able to produce the type of content that that people w- would be willing to pay for. Absolutely, absolutely. And the interesting uh, option that you have certainly with Apple subscriptions is the ability to either offer a show individually for a listener to subscribe to, but you can group all of your shows into, into what they're calling a channel. So in other words, you could have the financial times channel and you pay an amount that just gives you everything the financial times do. And clearly that's sort of quite consistent with the paywall model that lots of newspaper groups have, have already done. So, you know, it, it, it's it's going to be very interesting. I think everyone's going to be trying to figure it out as they go along. It, it launches next month in May. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm very excited to see how it develops. And it's certainly something we're going to be embracing. We're going to be, you know, launching with a with a number of shows and, and basically seeing seeing how uh, how the audience reacts to that. Brilliant. That's been really interesting. Um, and I'd just like to one last question um, is just, if if a marketeer who's never touched to put their toe in this this marketplace before, um, do you have one top tip for them to think about? I would say think about the audience. Put the audience first. Uh, whether you're advertising or whether you're creating your own show, the wonderful thing on the advertising side is actually the most popular form of advertising are the host reads. So the reads done by the actual presenter, which is a different form of advertising than, say, a, a, a spot ad. It's a much more engaging form of advertising. And the same with, obviously, if you're creating your own show, it's much more engaging. So I think think really about the audience because podcasting, it's real beauty. And the reason why it's driven so quickly is its intimacy. It, it, it is a really engaging, lean-in intimate experience you know you are literally going into someone's head and they are listening very carefully to what you do in a in a way that's much more engaging than actually seeing something on a screen where you know your brain relaxes to a much greater degree so thinking about the audience and ensuring that you can engage them or entertain them is i think really really crucial you think back however many years ago when when they were saying about you know tv killing the radio uh, I'm not saying that this is going to kill TV, but it is kind of nice to feel audio coming coming back in the way it is. Um, anyway, I'd just really like to thank you, Steve. That's been really interesting, very helpful, and um, hope to see you again soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, Belinda. Bye. Bye. The World Media Group is an alliance of leading international media organisations. 
that connects brands with highly engaged, influential audiences in the context of trusted and renowned journalism. I'm delighted to have as members the Atlantic, BBC News Global, Bloomberg Media, Business Insider, The Economist, Forbes, Fortune, Financial Times, National Geographic, New York Times, Reuters, Time Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, and The Washington Post. It is a great honor to work with all of them. Thank you.